This is Navigating Your Retirement Radio with Travis Chance from CFG Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Travis provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Navigating Your Retirement Radio with Travis Chance. Welcome back to another show of Navigating Your Retirement with your host, Travis Chance from CFG Wealth Management. Folks, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, give us a call here at 877-269-0839. That's 877-269-0839. Or you can visit us on the web at chancefinancialgroup.com. Joining us this morning, he's here. He's Eh, I always say he's somewhat <laughs> clear, but this morning I'll let you be the judge. Uh, Tony Shore, Tony, what's happening? Well, Travis, I'll tell you what's happening. It, it's crazy out there. Um, mad, mad it's world. It's a mad world. A mad, 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 mad world. Uh, love that movie. But uh, it is crazy. Uh, the, I'm watching the markets each day and then the State of the Union and Well, let's Russia. talk about something that's something that's really important and that has really been on everybody's mind. What's that? The Yellowstone 1883 finale. That was like a who shot JR moment for a lot of people. Facebook has been lighting it up. They are so mad that uh, Taylor Sheridan killed Elsa. Uh, they they are ready to chew nails yep. and spit barbed wire. So yep. hopefully, hopefully for those of you out there listening, understand that I wish he'd have kept her too, but Hey, that's uh, he's the one who gets paid for writing the show, so I'm sure next season will be will be even better. So, uh, yeah, that was that was kind of a that was one of those things you kind of knew it was going to happen, but when it does happen, you're like, oh my god, kind of like when Christian shot Jr. Yeah, you don't think they're going to open up next season uh, with it? Oh, it was all just a dream. <laughs> um, Still alive. You or know, the evil I, twin. There was another. There's... Yeah, I'm gonna go no. I'm gonna go no. Uh, <laughs> but I will say this: I, I am, I am going to give credit where credit's due. I think Tim McGraw and Faith Hill to come in and 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 there and you know Tim McGraw is obviously acting in quite a few things, Blindside, etc., uh, Friday Night Lights. But uh, for Faith Hill and Tim McGraw to come in. Tim McGraw to come in and, and to give the performance they've given, you got to give a shout out. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they've been acting against, uh, you know, uh, Tinseltown royalty with Sam Elliott. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's been pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I, will I give was them shocked that. at the level that they're, uh, they actually can act. Um, you know, when yeah. I lived in Nashville, I met Faith, my wife and I were, we there was a bowling it's funny but there was a huge fundraising event and it was a celebrity bowling tournament and i my wife's company was a sponsor or uh, i worked for a record co- i did radio promotions for one of the big gospel labels so somehow we got we were involved and we went and we bowled on the lane next to faith hill so got to meet her okay all right yep. could you hear her breathe <laughs> We could hear her breathe. Uh, she was very nice, uh, very, very pretty in person, just super skinny, you know. It's just right. like, wow. You know, we're we're good Midwest people, you know. 
Yeah, good, good, so, healthy, thick boned. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how we are yeah, in Georgia. Yeah, or, exactly. Or some of us. And anyway. here's Faith Hill. It's like, wow, okay. So, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I think she'd make a good act. She's obviously, I think, a good actress as well as. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. Well, and in the spirit, Tony, and this was actually not planned, but in the spirit of couples and and uh, and doing things together. That's essentially what our show is going to be about today is is talking about, yeah, talking about spouses and some issues that they're running into. We got a couple questions from the audience. Uh, You know, we've we've actually got pretty good show for spouses this morning. So uh, we'll we'll get started and kind of kick it off. So, Tony, one of the obviously one of the things we do every week is we talk about. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, give us a call. Uh, we're happy if you're one of the first two callers each week. We set aside a half hour. Be happy to give you a, a half hour ask us anything session. Uh, and these 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 clients actually took us up on it, and they they so graciously allowed us to share the their their questions. So uh, the the question is: the spouses are a little concerned that maybe they made some choices that maybe they shouldn't have made. Um, and a lot of spouses out there, I think, if you really ask after they get all the facts, uh, some may have buyer's remorse over making some decisions. And these spouses were were definitely no no exception. So the worry is coming from the fact that the lower earning spouse, because uh, she she was in the home for a period of time, uh, obviously didn't didn't have as, as much of a work history, didn't pay into Social Security as, as greatly as the higher earning spouse. She also didn't have a job that had a pension. The current spouse, higher spouse does. Um, and before they retired, because they were very adamant about not having debt going into retirement, mm-hmm. they took about half of their 401k and paid taxes and purchased a cabin, a property outright. Um, Here's here's a couple things wrong with that picture. Number one, uh, their advisor, uh, or I should say they didn't have a financial advisor. They actually, their attorney recommended they go ahead and take the distribution in, uh, in the summer of the year. This is this should have been red flag number one, because they were going to close in, say, September, late September, October. But once they got closer to the the date, they kept getting pushback. You know, hey, we can't close. Something's wrong. Can't do it. Can't do it. Well, instead of doing what probably should have happened, which is while there's uncertainty, go ahead and put the money back. They didn't spend it. Go and put it back because you could do a 60 day rollover. If you change your mind, they would have obviously paid no tax on that transaction because they got it back in in time. Instead, the attorney kept uh, recommending that they keep it in escrow, you know, just, hey, you know, it's just there when you need it. Uh, And they didn't actually close until the following year. Now, first things first, it's put some stress on the relationship because obviously they paid more in tax because they claimed all that in one year. And because the the distribution was so great, they also had uh, Aunt Irma come in town. And if anybody's been listening to the show, you know that Aunt Irma is the Medicare adjustment that you must pay when you make too much money. Mm, so that's right. they they have a two year uh, house guest with Aunt Irma and they paid more taxes than they could. They should have, because if they had taken part of the distribution out in December, part in January, they would have paid a lower tax rate on each one of the distributions. And Aunt Irma wouldn't have had a key to the house. 
So uh, I do I do sympathize with them on that front, and there's really nothing they can do to unring that bell. But for those of you out there, learn from other people's mistakes. OPMs, the greatest three letters in the alphabet. OPM, other people's mistakes. This is something that happens quite a bit. Not knowing when and and what what impact distributions are going to have on you long term are a real issue because a lot of times you can't unring the bell if you go past the the time uh time frame so uh going back to the question they took half the 401k to buy the retirement home and because they wanted to have extra money they took the highest pension payout possible with zero survivor and the higher earning spouse took his social security at 65 when if he would have waited to 66 his wife would have, would not have gotten the haircut of 17 and a half percent whenever he passed so they're getting approximately $6200 a month today and if he passes Tony, her income is going to fall to $2,300 a month. Wow. The bills are going to be right now running around $5,000 per month. So they're drawing about $6,200, $6,300 a month change. Um, but her bills are going to, or her bills are going to, they're not going to fall by 50%, but her income is going to fall by two thirds. Now, the question was, what do we do? And right. and folks, here's here's why you need to really think long and hard about what I'm saying. They're talking about now understanding that they may have made an error and how do we fix it? And a lot of times you can't fix it because time has got to be on your side. Luck has got to be on your side. And for this couple, they're like, well, what if we start reinvesting $500 a month into an investment account and start building up assets for the surviving spouse? Well, think about this, Tony. If, if, the, if the gentleman had taken 100% survivor, the spouse would not have gotten a, or, or excuse me, 100% survivor, the spouse would not have gotten a $500 reduction in their pension. Mm so right there first things first i talk about pensions all the time and and about making sure that you elect the right option for you and for your spouse but not only for today but for the one who's left behind because had the person given up or been willing to give up say three four hundred bucks per month in the beginning then her income would literally have still remained at about fifty one hundred of the six thousand dollars so instead of putting $500 away, they could have just taken the 100% survivor. So if if you have a pension, if you're lucky enough to have a pension, folks, please make sure, and I've talked about it over and over, plan for the surviving spouse before you do anything. Don't don't plan on, okay, well, we can, we can consume so much more today because at the end of the day, what is going to happen is you're going to be in a situation where the surviving spouse is going to have to make not only uh, financial or not only uh, emotional and, and psychological adjustments because they're going to lose their spouse or could lose their spouse. But what happens whenever they have to literally downsize? Maybe they have to sell the home or sell the, the place that they put you know the cash in. What happens if, if it's a bad market? What happens if they can't sell it? What's going to happen to that person? That's what you have to think about. So I, I say this, you know, there is always a way uh, to plan. Uh, we we are definitely going to be able to help this this couple get back on track. I do think, uh, you know, 
as long as they're willing to take four or five years of a time horizon, I think there's a, a strong possibility that they, they're going to be okay. She's going to be okay. Uh, but so many times you, you see people, they make these decisions, Tony, and it's one of those things where sometimes getting no advice is, is the equivalent of getting bad advice. Because not knowing what the repercussions are sometimes lead us down paths maybe we shouldn't go. But we don't know until after we've gone, and then by then it's too late. Yeah, yeah. And so that situation, what what a scenario! And uh, people just need to be aware. I think that really just illustrates why you need to work with a trusted financial services professional. I mean, it drives well. And and these story, this isn't just some made up. Oh, this only happens once in a while. There are things like this every day happening every to day. lots of people out there. Well, think about it like this. The total adjustment to to Medicare for them is going to be over $3,000 for the next 2 years. So 6 grand and and keep this in mind. They also paid a 30 plus percent tax rate where they would have only been in the 22% tax rate had they broken up the distributions. So if by no other means but arbitrage, that would have saved them not making that mistake could have saved them potentially 20 or $30,000 in a two year window. Wow. So sometimes if you think advice is something you can't afford, I think you can't afford not to have it. That's why you have a financial planner. Uh, I think a lot of times people assume that just because they have a financial advisor that, you know, there's a plan in place. Well, unless you've actually seen that plan, I wouldn't I wouldn't just assume that that's the case. You have to have a plan that you can say, okay, this is where we are. And if we do this, this is going to be our potential outcome. And then you can start working scenarios and say, okay, well, if I took it over two years, then this is what happens. Then that would have been very apparent to that couple that, hey, this is really not something we need to do. Let's ask for a closing date of 90 days or 120 days. We'll give a little more earnest money, get it pushed into the next year. That way we can lower our tax bill and make sure Aunt Irma doesn't come into town. That would have been a, a much more a, a much more uh, palatable situation. Sure. But once again, you know they're they're getting advice, financial advice from an attorney, and I can promise you, uh, not all attorneys are qualified to give financial advice. Well, so yeah, no, <laughs> they're definitely so. Not. Anyway, yeah. uh, no, no offense to sure. attorneys. I'm uh, I'll I'll expect the lawsuit paperwork any day now. So. <laughs> So, uh, next question. Next question. That was that was a good one. That was a good one. So, next question is it's regarding step up in basis. And question was, you know, Travis, we've we've heard several times you've talked about uh, step up in basis being something that uh, was targeted by the last uh, potential tax bill. Can you explain the step up in basis? Uh, the difference between them. Okay, I'm just paraphrasing to cut down on time reading the question. So. Let's let's talk about this. Georgia and South Carolina, which predominantly is where you're going to be listening to this show. These are separate property states. So the the issue that we see a lot of times, Tony, goes back to also legal planning again. Uh, you know, a lot of times we see people they have uh, say they have stock in in their names and their attorney talks them into putting them in a irrevocable trust or puts them in some some type of tool for estate planning. Well, here's the problem. 
the majority of those out there listening to the sound of my voice, you're not going to have an estate issue. So while I do agree that, you know, good planning, uh, you know, a pound of planning or an ounce of planning is worth a pound of cure. I do think sometimes you need to really sit, step back and say, why am I really doing this? And one of the issues that I think a lot of people misunderstand is, is they're just thinking, okay, well, whatever, whatever I own, my wife's just going to be able to get because there's the marital property exemption. That's not true. Because let's say, for instance, and I'm just, you know, arbitrary example. Let's say that you have uh, $50,000 that you and your spouse uh, put in a joint account and that 50000 grows to $500,000. Okay. Over the last 20 years, it's grown to 500000 whatever the case may be. Well, the original basis was fifty, and the new balance is five hundred. That means five hundred minus fifty is four hundred fifty thousand of capital gain. You with me, Tony? Yep. I'm doing the math for I, you. So you I don't have to do really the math. I'm glad about that. Yeah, I'm doing the math. So you have four hundred fifty thousand. Well here's the deal. If you have a joint account, one of you passes away, what happens is you don't the the surviving spouse doesn't get to step up to the whole balance. That means they don't get the five hundred thousand as a step up in basis. They only get half step up in basis because the fifty thousand originally was was considered twenty five thousand each. Tony, because husband and wife twenty five thousand each, it's grown to five hundred. That's two fifty each. So the the spouse only gets to inherit the other spouse's basis. They have no change to theirs. Does that make yep. sense? So one of the things I, I really believe is being missed is, you know, when you're planning for for an estate issue, unless they, the laws change, which they could, uh, unless the laws change and you if you have less than 20, 25 million dollars, chances are you're going to pay very little, if anything, in, in the state tax. So what are you really doing it for? If you're doing it to cut taxes as much as possible, what you really need to think about is if there is an older spouse, maybe one that's, you know, let's face it, health may not be the greatest in one versus the other. And things always happen and there's always a risk involved. So don't do it blindly. But if you think that there's a strong possibility one spouse may predecease the other, put it in the spouse that could predecease because that way, whatever is left to the surviving spouse, he or she is going to get those assets and they're not going to have to pay tax on it because they're going to get a step up in basis. Now, there's always a catch. And the only catch to this that I would say is something to really consider is uh, you have what's called a one year holding period and we call it the boomerang rule. If let's say, for instance, you gift these the stock or gift the assets to your spouse and you pass or, or it comes back in within a year of the gift of assets to the original, either the spouse or the the at the date of the donee's death. There is no step up in basis. You you have a one year period. If you haven't done it already, you've got to pass that test before you're actually going to be able to to enjoy that deduction. So. You know, folks, uh, I always talk about planning and, and being proactive. If you wait until there's a, an accident or there's a, a health change and, you know, something unforeseen pops up, which always seems to happen yeah. when you when you need it, you're not going to be able to do it. 
So you might as well go ahead and do it before you need it. Uh, if if you're thinking of, of doing it, go talk to your your attorney. They're going to tell you the same thing I'm telling you. Now, they may give you another reason why they ask you to do a trust. Don't know what that is. But uh, but you really need to understand why you're doing what you're doing. Maybe instead of doing an irrevocable trust, maybe you want to do it in a revocable trust so that it can be included in your estate. You can get the step up in basis. So uh, just just keep that in mind. Now, one of the things and I will say this, I've gotten this this pushback before from from someone for the question is like, well, Travis, yeah, but what happens if uh, what happens if I change my mind, or what happens if I think I'm 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 my health is deteriorating, but something turns and and all of a sudden I'm not in that bad of shape two years, three years down the road? Well, all I can say is you better trust your spouse and you better be good to them, because if you do it, guess what? It's now whose assets whoever you gift to. So if you're the healthier one and you gift it to the one that's not as healthy and you're mean to the one that's not as healthy, that's probably bad. <laughs> so so there are there are pitfalls, Tony, to everything. And sometimes loss of control of the gifted asset, that could be a reason not to do <laughs> right, it. Right. Uh, so, you know, just just think about that. And then last but not least, you know, we we hear all the time about trying to to use gifting for Medicaid purposes, et cetera. Mm. And just keep this in mind, folks, uh, as far as gifting and step up in basis is concerned, Medicaid has a five-year rule, not a one-year rule. So if you start getting creative, please go consult an attorney. It will definitely pay you huge dividends and the mistakes you don't make. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, uh, there are so many costly mistakes. I think that's the theme of uh, today's show is avoiding costly mistakes. And to do that, yeah. you really need to assemble a team. And I know uh, you have uh, like estate planning attorneys and CPAs, things like this that uh, you work with, with your clients to make sure these types of things are, are taken care of and that uh, people are taking a look at what's going on. I know you, we didn't really even get into uh, long-term care uh, full on. I know that's another area and we can probably do a whole show on that. Uh, I know that's a question a lot of people have about health care and retirement. Uh, that's important too, isn't it? Long-term care. I, I'll give you the, I'll give you the cliff notes on this one. The, the, the email question we got was, uh, what happens if my parents outlive their long-term care coverage? Because uh, I believe the person the reason they're asking is it seems to their for their email it seems like they are the ones that are now uh, helping with the the administration and the giving of care and selecting providers, etc. And unfortunately. Um, if you plan for long-term care and let's say your policy runs out three, five, seven, nine years, well, it's only going to be there for a finite amount of time. So unless your policy's lifetime, uh, you know, with today's illnesses, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, you know, cognitive issues that are impairment that's going to happen, uh, that could be a potential issue. And at that point, you have to decide, you know, what happens to mom and dad if they run out of their assets. And that's why you need to have a plan for long-term care because you need to plan for those types of contingencies. It's just uh, it's troubling that a lot of people don't have them, Tony. Yeah, it is. Well, great show today. Travis, we're out of time. Give that phone number so our listeners can get a hold of you. 
Absolutely, Tony. Uh, if if you are out there listening and you would like to take advantage of our Ask Us Anything session, 30 minutes on us, give us a call, 877-269-0839, or visit us on the web, submit your question via chancefinancialgroup.com. Thank you for listening to Navigating Your Retirement Radio with Travis Chance. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Travis at CFG Wealth Management. Call 877-269-0839 or visit them online at navigatingretirementradio.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by CFG Wealth Management LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Georgia. Insurance products and services are offered through TL Chance Inc., an affiliated company. CFG Wealth Management LLC and TL Chance Inc. are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 